0: Hello, and welcome to Kroll Security Concepts podcast, the podcast where Kroll security experts discuss the more prevalent topics in today's risk environment. Today, we're going to be covering the importance of understanding threats, understanding the data behind all of these threats, and responding to threats on the campus and university environment. To do this, we've got four guests today. Uh, one is a cyber expert to talk about some of the cyber threats. And then we have three physical security, operational security experts. They're going to talk about how we manage threat on the university campus. Matthew Dumpert and Chris Palmadeso, you already know, so let's jump to the new guest. Robert DeGeneva is a deputy chief of police at the Stevens Institute of Technology in Hoboken, New Jersey. And Tim Gallagher, a managing director in our office in New York and part of Kroll's Cyber Practice. Welcome to the podcast, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Yes, thank you for uh, for having me as well, Jeff. It's great to have the large crew on today to discuss this important topic. Why don't we start with an easy one? Can each of you name you know, those best practices in today's threat management for colleges and universities that you feel our listeners should be made aware?
1: Well, I, I think it starts from the, the, the boots on the ground police officer. Um, just being out uh, on the street on the campus, being observant to their surroundings, um, walking around campus, talking to people daily, so uh, the community views them um, in a in a way that's open and friendly. Um, but at the same time, if there are concerns. That are uh, observed by the officer, um, they can report those concerns and and, and take the steps that a, a police officer would take if they viewed any type of uh, of threat or, or potential threat. I think that's the first step that uh, you know that our officers would would take part of. Um, I also you know one of the things that you know we do pretty well here at Stevens is that if there is a potential threat and we feel you know, once we've gathered the information, uh, one of the first things we're going to do is we're going to look to investigate all threats or potential threats. Uh, and that's a multidisciplinary approach, you know, through our law enforcement partners, you know, internal at Stevens and, and externally. But it's also with our, our our staff members at Stevens that are uh, equipped, you know, uh, to, to work with us, to, to, to follow up on, on concerns related to to students. Uh, One of the things that we have, you know, here at Stevens is a a very effective CAPS program, which is our counseling and psychological services. Um, And we also have a behavioral threat assessment team that if we found um, or we believe that there was a student in crisis potentially and and there was some warning signs, you know, we would convene as a group and we would discuss, you know, is this somebody that um, the CAPS folks are Are aware of and and have had some prior interactions with, where we can create a game plan from there, you know, to first, you know, ensure, you know, the students' mental health, you know, is being addressed. And, and, you know, just as importantly, and maybe more importantly, is to address any immediate safety concerns for the campus that we would have to react to. So uh, I think that multidisciplinary approach within the university allows us to, to get a jump on, you know, any potential um, dangers or, or security concerns that we may be faced with, but at the same time, not overreacting and and, and, and handling uh, a situation that's best, you know, for our students here. Yeah. The, the other thing, too, that, you know, if I could just, you know, include too, you know, part of all this, um, I'll say threat mitigation is preparing for the what if, and that comes through through training. Um, we're, we're fortunate that we have a lot of experienced officers that represent 16 different police departments you know throughout the state and with that comes a lot of experience and um, and, and helping us to to put together training programs you know for our officers and for the Stevens community that that kind of marry up with one another where, um the community knows what the what to expect, you know from our police response and the same with our police officers that this is the training that the the community is receiving. And we, we all know, you know what happened in, in Texas very recently with the active shooter situation, um, and that's something that we train for on campus. We train for it with our police officers, and we train uh, all of our Stevens community members through live trainings, and now they do uh, all the onboarding of employees are trained in active shooter training and all incoming freshmen get a live training where we focus on the avoid, deny, defend, similar to run, hide, fight. But building those principles of safety and and campus safety, it helps us to have an opportunity, right, when the students and and new faculty come onto campuses to to lay the groundwork for the safe community that we want to present. So some of these other best practices that I spoke about were able to kind of kick into gear and the community understands yeah. What actions that we will take in cooperation with our um, our school administrators, where we're all working together, you know, to serve the community the best, to uh, to make for a safe campus, and to make sure that you know our students that are here uh, are taken care of and um, you know go on and and, and have productive, healthy uh, you know lives while it's, it's at Stevens and and beyond. I mean that that's our focus and our goal, and, and those are the efforts that we you know kind of, where it ties in best. Practice. Practice. Um, you know, it, it, it's kind of an expansive response, but I think when you tie all those things in together, you know, one aspect helps us to, you know, to get to the next step and, and to make make it for the safest campus that you know that we can have uh, at Stevens.
2: Yeah, Bobby brings up a good point there in regards to training and outreach to students, to faculty. Really, if you're to ask that question, Jeff, it's just really um, not an easy answer. I know you had said you were going to give us an easy one here. I think that. You know, looking at threat mitigation strategies as we kind of approach the campus security model is uh, is really uh, the training part that Bobby talked about, but understanding the indicators. What are the indicators of suspicious activity and how have they evolved over time? So if you are to ask me, based on my uh, background in the, it, it, before Kroll, really looking at the evolution of the threats and how they're impacting uh, campus safety and security. So, um, you know, I mean, 20 years ago before 9-11 and then 20 years uh, after, it really looks very different, um, the threat environment, uh, the school shootings, active shooters, uh, cyber attacks, uh, terrorist attacks. And then you're also dealing with a university like Stevens, where there's a, a very large city with New York City across the river. You've got Hoboken over there. So you've got a multifaceted issue with identifying criminal Uh, trends and the evolution of the threats that might impact each university. So I think from a university perspective, really the most valuable part of it is understanding the evolution of these threats and really being on top of what the government's pushing out, whether it be from the National Counterterrorism Center, from the Department of Homeland Security, from the FBI. You know, what are they pushing out that we could, at the campus security level, we can consume aggregate, and then actually analyze and tell a story to key decision makers, Um, you know. But with, uh, with regards to all that evolution, I mean, I can't speak to the cyber thing because we've got Tim Gallagher on here, who's the subject matter expert on that. Really, from uh, multifaceted techniques, tactics, and procedures of terrorism and, and, and regular criminal uh, events, I really think that just keeping up the speed on those indicators of what would be consistent of, uh, of an attack or suspicious for reporting is just incredibly vital. Tim, from the cyber perspective, would you would you agree with what I'm what I'm saying there from your days in the FBI and what you're doing now with Kroll?
3: You know, saw it off from both sides, from the FBI side, as well as from where I am at Kroll right now. Obviously, the the cyber threat is 24-7 and it's global in nature. And, you know, the same way they're looking to attack bad, bad actors online or looking to attack Fortune 500 companies, you know, they're looking to attack universities as well. And why is that? You know, colleges, universities are aggregators, aggregators of data, uh, aggregators of research. And sometimes you have a hospital on campus as well. and and uh, it's just an opportunity for bad actors to to target a victim who they can threaten through through a sense of urgency, like looking to make a demand for money or looking to hold data hostage because it's ac- absolutely integral to the operation of the of the university that they have the data, so that that's where the bad actors will go in they're looking to lock up that data, um, or, or or to to extort um, money to get it back up and running again. Combating the cyber threat to your campus, uh, the, you know, best practices that you can follow. Uh, number one, I'd have to say, patching and updating. Uh, there's vulnerabilities in software, uh, which come to light from time to time, which the bad actors know about. And they'll know that if there's a back door into a software program, you know, they'll try and get into it and exploit the opening and, uh, wreak havoc on your system, uh, on your cyber, on your cyber network at your college. Multi-factor authentication, you know, j- just putting another step into the process, um, where a code is sent to your phone, uh, when you log in. Another step in the process, I, I realize that, you know, it, it slows things down. Um, but it really it does it it goes it does wonders for uh, for locking down your cyber system and then backing backing up your data in the event that you do get hit you know that there is a cyber attack uh, you know we, we can work with you to uh, to restore your system to where it was uh, based upon the data that's been stored in a manner that can be utilized uh, in the remediation process.
1: Yeah, and if I could just jump in there just uh, briefly, Tim, um, you know. Uh, Stevens was was hit um, several years back, and there were uh, there were some folks who did not back up their data as they should have and uh, learned the hard way, but. But but everything you mentioned, I mean, that's something, you know, best practice, um, you know, RIT and and cyber folks are on that, you know, uh, securing certificate based Wi-Fi access systems and multi-factor authentication. um, These are all things that that we have in play. And one of the one of the other resources that have been offered to uh, any uh, Stevens community members, free antivirus software for their personal devices as well.
4: Hey Jeff, I'd like to I'd like to amplify one of the things that Chris said um, regarding picking up on red flag indicators of of potential violence. You know, it's important, especially in the campus environment, to know that threats can present in unpredictable ways, and these red flag indicators that we talk about may be very very subtle. Um, there's so many threat vectors out there, um, and valuable threat intelligence can come in from just about anywhere. It's you know the important part. Going into these types of engagements is having the sophistication of of knowing where to look, gathering that information so that trained threat management professionals can connect the dots and assess for additional needs and assess for trends. Trends can present in weird places, but if you take the time to look, and some organizations have the ability and the bandwidth to do this internally, some need help from a third party. Um, However, it gets done, collecting that raw intelligence, collating it, and fully Fully assessing it is critical. Um, If we can identify early on what's called the pathway to violence, that somebody is prepared for and is indicating their willingness to commit violence, early intervention is always best. And oftentimes that utilizes far fewer resources.
1: Yeah. and, And it goes down to that preparation and training and the what if, because if you're planning and discussing Uh, the what if and and studying uh, prior cases and and doing after action reports, you know, that we do for every incident here at Stevens and including some of the cyber related incidents we've had, you you develop a plan so that uh, next time that you're prepared to handle it as best you can. And, you know, going back to the whole um, interdisciplinary behavioral threat assessment approach that If there are threats, you know, we're going to, you know, if we hear somebody talking about potential, you know, whatever the threat is, you know, the cyber end, you know, we we have a very vibrant cyber security team. So we're going to be tapping into their resources to see what we can glean from that. And obviously our our county, uh, local, state, federal partners as well, you know, to get access to um, any communications that are, are being sent, you know, so hopefully we can get ahead of it and 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 take the steps necessary to uh you know to stop any any threats or like i said a lot of times it's um it 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 goes back to you know to mental health and and you know uh young adults that you know that just need you know that type of uh of of help where somebody needs to intervene at that right time and and the, the crucial thing uh is to get to that you know before the person acts out and and that's something that you know we're very conscious of and aware of and you know, do our best to, to put ourselves in, in the best uh, position we can to be successful, to have successful outcomes. And that successful outcome is nothing happening, you know, and nobody knows, you know, it's just another day for everybody, you know, that, that's walking around campus or, or in Hoboken. And, and that's that's the goal every day. When, when there could have been something else,
2: yeah. You know, like when there could have been something that really that you guys nipped in the bud because of planning. It almost sounds like Stevens is is capable of you know approaching their plans, dusting off their plans, and um, adjusting them to the current threat environment. And that's what I'm hearing, and that's what I see at your university. That that that's wonderful. Matt had mentioned the third the third party review of plans and policies. I mean, that is a very important aspect. Um, If you don't have the capability like Stevens has to look at those plans, dust them off and update them to the current environment, then you know what? You're going to have a lot of students, unfortunately, looking and, and worried about the risk that might be involved. I mean, worried about going to school. I mean, that's essentially what you're what you're trying to mitigate in terms of threat is just. You should be in a safe environment, and your, your your team needs to be far left of boom with modern plans and sophisticated methodologies to respond to any sort of an event.
4: Hey, Bobby, can I can I can I put you on the spot? You you, you mentioned the multi multi approach. Um, I think I know the answer to this, but you know when you talk about a campus uh, environment, you've got a lot of people of a lot of different. Uh, Developmental levels, you've got a lot of changes going on sociologically, psychology um, within the person, within the group, within the university. What other types of departments are you leaning on for information? Um, You know, in in the business side of things at the corporate element, um, you know, we're looking at multidisciplinary teams comprised of of a cross section of, of our client base. We do the same thing at higher education, but I'm interested for you and your team at Stevens recognizing all the different pressures that your students and your faculty and your staff are under. Who else is contributing to this conversation and getting you the information that you need, and who are you providing that to as well? What's the multidisciplinary team look like for you?
1: Yeah, thank, thank you for asking that because that is it, it is a good question, and um, it, it it I think it shows that you know we've you know we're doing our best to kind of cover all angles. Um, it starts with our our student affairs. Deans and administrators there who have a, a good sense of of what's going on in. in- uh, a typical student's life. Um, you also have our counsel. You know, we have a, a, a our, our caps team, which is our counseling and psychological services, that are seeing students regularly who may be um, experiencing different challenges, different levels of challenge. And they're, you know, they're they're bound to secrecy unless there's a potential threat. We have our our folks in in that deal with the graduate students that have. You know, that's a whole different population, and they're aware of individuals having different exper- or, or different difficulties, oftentimes there's incidents that are not police reportable, but that are being handled from an administrative end. And again, whether that's the undergraduate staff, whether it's the graduate level staff, so those people are, are key to a discussion about a particular individual. Because what we find, you know, more oftentimes than not is this person has come on the radar before for, for some for something else, you know, where they've they've had to, uh, you know, inter- to intercede on the student's behalf that may be having a difficulty. Maybe there's a, a problem at home uh, or, you know, whatever the issue is, maybe the maybe the student's a victim of, of some sort that you know, was not police reportable, but has to be reported through the school. So when we start these conversations with these folks, um, they're often telling us about um, situations and incidents that we have not been police reported that we don't know about that will quickly help for us to get a, a, a pretty good understanding of, okay, like this This kind of gives us some context that we can look at things maybe more from an investigative safety concern, while we know that the students, you know, best interests are, are still being taken care of by the school administrators and the counselors that are involved, you know, and and from that Um, from that team approach, that's where we we develop a game plan. And again, safety first and and making sure that, you know, our our campus and and everybody here, the Stevens community is safe. That's our first priority. Um, But at the same time, you know, we're, we're also looking out for the student who may be in crisis.
4: Bobby, you brought up such an important point that I want to highlight for our listeners who might not be familiar with the threat management space, and that's the notion of police reportable. So much of the work that gets done in the threat management space are are those things that fall below the threshold of criminality. Right, it's, it's not yet prudent to call the police. We haven't connected all the dots. Violence is not imminent. The goal of threat management is to identify that there may be an issue percolating, that somebody has an underlying grievance, and that there may be some indicators that violence may be planned. And it, It's a very soft science, but it's very important uh, to highlight for our listeners that so much of the work that we do is in identifying these things, assessing the potential for violence, devising mitigation strategies and mitigation plans so that we never have to call the police. That option is always, always, always there and should always be used if violence is imminent. But it's so important to highlight what you brought up, and that's being police reportable and all the work that gets done prior to crossing that threshold.
0: So as you said, that was not an easy question as I had originally uh, stated. So we've pretty much filled up all of our podcast time covering these very important topics. Uh, are there any of those last minute things that you guys want to get across to our listeners?
3: Yeah, thanks, Jeff. This is Tim um, on the uh, on the uh, cyber cyber threat. You know, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to speak about you know how we can integrate uh, with with the campus security force, uh, in the, in the police. Um, however, you know, when when we come onto the campus, you know, ways that we can help out, you know, something we can do is is work on endpoint detection. You know, this is like a, you know, a tripwire that we're able to put in through software onto computers throughout the university campus. Uh, this way when foreign actors uh, or threat actors, even domestically try and, you know, get into your system, uh, that it sets off an alarm, Hey, this person, or, you know, should not be on your system. And, uh, you know, and pings back to, uh, to a sock, you know, to, 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 to a center um, to give an early warning system. and You know, that's the type of thing that we work with universities on. And then also, uh, you know, Bobby mentioned before, you know, um, you know, doing drills, you know, tabletop exercises um, is something that we definitely work with on college campuses. And, and the best part about that is that, you know, as, as Bobby talked about, you know, c- cyber being a team sport, you know, th- this is where we're able to, to integrate in the, the, the entire response uh, to a cyber incident. We're bringing everybody in, having that response plan that you wrote so we tell all of our campuses, you know, have a plan, test the plan, try and break the plan. You know, that's exactly what we try and do. You have your your cyber response plan. Uh, we'll, we'll do a tabletop, bring everybody into the room, get together, and then as, as it starts to unwind, you start to look around the room and realize, wait, wait a minute, there, there are people here. Um, uh, people who are not here, who need to be here, different aspects of, of, of our campus security apparatus um, that aren't here, and, and, and every time you do it, um, you learn from it. Uh, The plan gets that much tighter. And uh, that's something we enjoy working with uh, universities on to help lock uh, their IT network.
1: And I think that the whole you go back to training again, where the what if and and all the different scenarios and when you vet all that through um, and and you, and you, you include everybody at the table that belongs to do, belongs to be there during your tabletop exercises you know, when it's actually showtime, quote unquote, the game ends up being at a slower pace where you're able to understand and and and, and make good decisions because you've done this already, but you've done it in a training setting that has you ready for the actual event. And, uh, you know, I, I can't, you know, emphasize the importance of that aspect enough in, uh, in doing, you know, what we're all talking about and, and what we, we do and we strive to do on a, on a day-to-day
4: basis. And just to piggyback on what Tim said, you know, so, so much is done in the proactive space uh, of threat management and goes unrecognized and unnoticed by, by the vast majority of, of campus and higher learning populations. and. You know, there, there's no time like the present. Um, we don't know when the next manifestation of violence is going to happen. Um, and, and we're constantly working with our clients to be proactive in nature. And, and like Tim said, uh, doing the tabletop exercises, reviewing policies and procedures, reviewing operating procedures, and looking for those holes, looking for those gaps, and proactively plugging them. Um, that, to me, is the most important part. And, 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 you know, the work that we do with our clients in that space, uh, to me, is is incredibly gratifying. So, I'm really happy to be able to share this with our listeners today.
0: I'd like to take this opportunity to thank all of my guests and also all of you that tune into this podcast. Please be sure to join us next month, where we're going to have our new sister company, Resolver, on board to talk about threat management and how they use technology to better understand their threat and respond. We'll see you next time.